Clear. And welcome back. We almost lost that patient there, but thankfully I'm a doctor and I revived him. My name is Henry Markin and I'm the host of Dr. PPR, this show. Of course, that's Dr. PPR, not Dr. Pepper and certainly not Dr. PP. That would be a very different show with a, well, very different doctor. I'm Dr. PPR. That's points per reception. And I specialize in fantasy football healthcare. I'm here to help you and your ailing fantasy football rosters in any way that I can. And thank you for suffering through the advertisements at the beginning. That's that's kind of fun. That's new. Um, looks like the show is actually starting to generate some coin here at Dr. PPR. My office has always been a, uh, well, it's been a revolving door. The entrance is constantly flooded with patients that come in with last minute lineup questions and any sort of uh, football advice that a medical professional like myself can answer. But now it's kind of cool that companies are wanting to throw their lie in the water. That's, that's great. And, and why not? Because football is as booming of a business as ever. Taylor Swift is just, I mean, got her boot on the neck of the national football league, literally putting all of us in a chokehold. I feel like, well, I'm not going to even say who cares about Taylor Swift in an NFL. Dare I said it. I'm saying who cares in that sense. She's a great woman, very powerful person on this planet. But we got to stop with the constant cutbacks and forts, the panovers, the shots, the title graphics, the cards. I mean, she literally walked right in front of Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman, Wolverine and Deadpool. On her way to the game, zero mention of them whatsoever. I understand Taylor Swift is huge. But there are other things going on. So maybe let's pump the brakes just a smidge, just a hair. I do think it's good for the sport to show how involved the NFL is in everyday life. But guys, I mean, the tumor is growing. And it's time to cut it out before it gets explosive. And speaking of explosive, yesterday is Sunday. Well, today is Monday, the 2nd of October. Happy Monday. But yesterday was Sunday, the 1st of October, and that was an explosive Sunday slate of games. I mean, explosive. We're talking entertainment value, collapses, upsets, almost nightmarish upsets on prime time featuring the Chiefs and the Jets. Holy shit. Really, really frustrating game if you had Chiefs minus eight because you looked great. If you had the Chiefs minus eight, like me, and you watched the first quarter, you probably called a loved one or a friend, like I did, gloating, probably saying something like, I don't mean to gloat, but man, this was the lock of the year. That vanished quickly. The Chiefs looked like hot dog water. Absolutely disgusting. Mahomes couldn't throw a football. There were multiple throws where Mahomes simply, it's like he's throwing a bowling ball. I I don't I don't know what happened. Um I mean, he's sort of a man of methods, you know, he he's got his own deal and he whatever he's been doing it works. He's obviously one of the best football players of all time. It just looked he just looked so out of sync. He he just something was really wrong. I don't know if we can put it all on Taylor and the aura of her being there, but something was wrong. Nonetheless, very frustrating if you had Mahomes in fantasy, and you lost by six points? Yikes. There was a point in the game, the pivotal point in the game, uh, times time's winding down. 
and he's running to the corner of the end zone. It's about two minutes left. Jets just burned off all their timeouts, and he could have dove in, walked in, crawled in, whatever you want to call it, into the end zone, and he slid to ice the game. I mean, because he's a smart player, and it's just proof that NFL guys just really don't give a shit about your get, you know, your gambling or your bets. They don't really care. College, they care, but NFL, they don't care. They're professionals. Um, and he slid just to say fuck you to all the all the betters involved, but. As far as the fantasy game, if you had Mahomes and you were down 20, you were loving life in the first quarter. Oh my God, that 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 went away quickly. Two nasty interceptions followed by that just taunt of a what could have been a walk-in score. Awful. But that was probably the most raw and most recent. There were other games that happened. I'll cut right to the chase. I was so right about CJ Stroud. Houston might be legit in the AFC South. Okay, not legit in the AFC and certainly not legit in the league. But in the AFC South, Houston may be legit. Granted, there's only four teams in that division, but it's pretty wide open now. There are no pushovers. I think everybody is two and two. I believe everybody is two and two. I think that's the case. Let me just check before I make a declarative statement like that. It would appear that I was right. Everybody's two and two in that division. And that's super cool because it's going to be a tight race to the end. It's probably going to mean nobody from that division makes a wild card. So everyone is going to be looking at each other. Like they don't trust their neighbor, but Houston's good. Stroud can throw and he's got some weapons. Nico Collins, Robert Woods, tank Dell. Those guys can play. Um, yeah, I, I I mean, we'll talk more about Stroud in a second, but I just crushed that call. Uh, McCaffrey. Wow. 49ers are so good. But McCaffrey, holy shit. If you played against McCaffrey in fantasy football yesterday, you're probably on some sort of antidepressants right now. Um, You know, because he had like 50 points. You know, only had four touchdowns. Go figure. That dude is a machine. I mean, it's death, taxes, and McCaffrey scoring in the end zone while wearing a 49ers jersey, mind you. It's not like he was doing this every single time in Carolina. In Shanahan's offense, McCaffrey could win an MVP. Yeah. I I was sort of on board last week for starting the campaign Brock Purdy for MVP. If McCaffrey keeps this up, again, Four touchdowns is a lot, but if he does something like the, I mean, if he scores every game, has a hundred yards a game, and it's very clear that he's sort of running the offense, you know, obviously Brock Purdy, 283 yards, 20 of 21, one incompletion, one touchdown, one rushing touchdown. It's not like it's all McCaffrey. It's a very good offense run by a very, very confident and capable quarterback. But if McCaffrey does something like this every so often, the Niners are undefeated or close undefeated. I think you have to consider McCaffrey for MVP. I would be very curious to see where he is in the Las Vegas odds right now for MVP because there's a high possibility he can do that again. It wasn't that extreme. Like, it's not like he had these crazy runs where he broke away and got super lucky. He could very well do that again. The offense is designed for McCaffrey to just run down your throat. Not like 
Frank Gore used to do. I mean, like zigzag his way through you because he's so agile and so hard to tackle and so quick and has the power of a power back, but can run like in a seat. Like he can move like a wide receiver. I don't know how you stop that guy. Not to mention the second you have him sort of figured out, Brock Purdy's an assassin. So just constantly moving the chains and having a lead and always putting up points, McCaffrey will always be running. McCaffrey for MVP could be a very reasonable thing. I would say it's more likely the Niners win the Super Bowl than McCaffrey wins the MVP because there are a couple guys, you know, like Josh Allen or probably not Mahomes this year. Um, is there anybody that's kind of putting up big numbers? Uh, Tua, you know, but he'll, again, he'll fade out or get hurt as I predict. And Tyreek Hill, kind of same thing. I would say Josh Allen, Tyreek Hill, Tua, and McCaffrey. Those are my four candidates for MVP. Maybe you could throw Micah Parsons in there if the Cowboys defense is still this straight jacket. But man, Niners look good. Um, Niners look really, really good. I- I'm I'm this close to calling Brock Purdy Brock Montana. This close. I mean, you're playing Dallas this Sunday, right? That's probably the game that decides if this team is is like as legit as all Niner fans want them to be. Obviously the Niners are legit. They're the best team in the NFC without a doubt, but you could throw an asterisk, I guess, if you want, say that all the teams they've played really don't amount to shit. Um, okay. Any team that's undefeated in the NFL, it's very hard to win in the NFL. Like every team is good. Even the Cowboys lost to Arizona and, you know, you can make the argument, okay, they you know, played Arizona, they played the Giants, they played the Steelers, you know, whatever. And, right? I, I get that. I, I understand. But at some point, if you just beat the Christ out of every single team that comes your way, at some point, you're that much better than every other team. Like, you look around and you've beaten most everybody. You're one of the best teams. So, huge challenge on Sunday night. I bet you that's the game where McCaffrey maybe slows down, probably doesn't get a hundred. No, I'm not. Wait, wait, who am I to put a cap on McCaffrey? I'm not going to say that. I'm just saying that game is probably the game where you'll see Brock Purdy truly become Brock Montana or just leading Shanahan's offense. Like that will be the game where it's like, okay, no, this guy is legit. Cause he made some unbelievable throws to Iuke. I mean, just dropping them in a bucket on a rope. And it's very clear that Iuke is the favorite target. Like I'm, I'm very close to saying Kittle might not be able to play in your fantasy roster. Debo, you could still play. He's kind of coming back from injury. I, he, he hurt himself uh, two weeks ago, and you could see him all taped up and, and not quite himself. And he was getting a few rushes, and he got zero points fantasy-wise. But Kittle got one catch, and then was just blocking. And Happy's a clam, by the way. He doesn't care about your fantasy team. He wants to win a Super Bowl. Um. But yeah, I would say Kittle is very close to like you can't play him each week. You're like you're going to have to go on the waivers and get a new tight end. I would consider not starting Debo at times too. You probably got to start him against the Cowboys because knowing him, he'll score. He loves playing against the Cowboys. But if the matchups favor your other receivers in the weeks to come and Debo's kind of hurt, I would not play Debo. That's how I would approach that. Debo has questionable status during the week and then he's going to play on Sunday, don't play Debo because he'll probably play on the lighter side. Maybe not that many snaps and just kind of be in the run game. That's that's my take on that. 
Um, okay, other big things that happened. Derrick Henry is back. Uh, you know, surprise, surprise. That's kind of what I said. He's the kind of guy that his training allows him to progress and get better the, as the season goes on. And it's kind of how the Titans do too, every year, to be honest. Like they're always duds and they're always kind of counted out at the beginning of the year. And then they do something like this where they beat the living hell out of somebody pretty good, somebody pretty desperate too. Like this should have been, well, I guess a lot of people probably looked at this game as since he's going to get back on track in this game. And and Tennessee just suffocated the life out of them. Their defense was incredible. And Derrick Henry ran all over them. Um, so, yeah, you're welcome if you kept Derrick Henry because you listened to me and started him. Obviously, I don't know why you'd bench him. He is one of the best. But Derrick Henry is back in his Derrick Henry form where he ages like wine throughout the season. And, uh, yeah, keep your eye on him too because he's going to keep doing stuff like this. Not that you need me to tell you to keep your eye on him. You know, unless you need an optometrist, then I can give you a referral. You have bad vision. Uh, if you played against Stefan Diggs, you're probably pretty sad today. If you played against Josh Allen, you're also probably pretty sad. They torched the Dolphins. Laces out, Dan. Damn it. Marino couldn't save him. Miami's probably not the team we thought they were. I mean, they're still very explosive on offense, but they kind of don't have a defense. Uh, you know, that's going to be a problem. You know, you're playing, your wins did come against Denver, who is kind of a dud. Uh, the Patriots, who look awful. And the Chargers, who don't have a good defense. You came back against the Chargers, game one on the road. That's a big deal. But I don't know if the Dolphins are that good. And I said a few weeks ago, you should probably trade Tyreek Hill. And I said that before, Tua gets hurt. I'm not predicting a Tua Tagovailoa injury for fun. I'm just saying it's physics and football, and this guy is a brainstem for, you know, health. I mean, it's, he's literally one hit away, one slip and fall in the shower, one gust of wind, one violent sneeze, to be quite honest, from being a clinical vegetable. So that's that's where I've been coming from there. Again, not rooting for that to happen. I'm just saying the sky is blue. Uh, I'm a man, and football is violent. That's Those are just facts. Okay. Now, uh, the Vikings, they got a win. They are one in three. They were losing. If you live bet the Vikings, like uh, some of my uh, people did, good for you. They not only won and covered, but won uh, fashionably. They're now one in three. Vikings are the team that I said a few weeks ago, they are stubbing their own toes. Like they're doing all the right things, you know, as far as a healthy person's lifestyle goes. Plenty of rest, eating their vegetables, exercise, mental health, they meditate, and then they'll just casually do black tar heroin. Like a full slate of good things, and then they'll just do something stupid. Like completely go off the rails and lose the season. Well, that's what they've done in years past. Their seasons usually explode uh, via a domino effect of dumb decisions that kind of wear on them. I mean, last year they lost to the Giants because Kirk Cousins threw a two-yard out route on fourth and eight. Like, what was the what was the idea there that that he was just gonna he was just gonna leapfrog the defender six yards? They're one and three. They could easily be two and two, easily be three and one. Honestly, could be four and four or four and zero. Oh. Um, I I think Kirk Cousins is having a very good year. 
obviously stats wise he is, but I think he is mentally dialed. That offense just they just keep fumbling. Like they just they just make so many mistakes. So here's my prediction. By week twelve, I predict the Vikings will be seven and five. That's right. They're going to from now until week twelve. So eight games. They're only going to lose two games. One of them is going to be against the Niners. They're not going to beat the Niners. And they also play the Chiefs. I bet you they beat the Chiefs. Um, they actually play the Chiefs this weekend. I bet you they beat the Chiefs. Chiefs do not look good. It's going to take a team like Kirk Cousins, an explosive offense. And if Kirk Cousins doesn't make any mistakes and that offense just can hold on to the football, not fumble for sport, which the Vikings win. Um, I like the Vikings to be 7-5 and five by week 12 just because they're a better team than their record says. That's my prediction. Okay, uh, on the main event, so recap. Uh, here we go. These are some of the guys I told you to pick up in waivers. Again, CJ Stroud uh, was pretty on the nose about him. I think I told you exactly what he would do. I think I said something like 26 points. Yeah, that's what he got. 26 on the nose. Uh, he did great. That offense is kind of legit. I would say start CJ Stroud in every week from here on out. He just, I mean, the guy can throw. He's, he's a player. Set it and forget it. He's, he's a fantasy football quarterback. He's constantly trying to throw that offense. Wants him to throw. He's they're two and two. Why not Zeke? I told you to get Zeke against the Cowboys. Ooh, yeah. Bad call. Um, that that's part of the malpractice this week. Um, you know, it was, um, yeah, I thought, I actually thought the Patriots would sneak in this game, you know, six point dogs and come back late. Uh, they, they couldn't do anything. They, they never got anything going. The Cowboys literally put them in a blender. This was a big bounce back game for the boys and, uh, kind of get their season back on track as being Super Bowl hopefuls. And, Unfortunately, Patriots, including Zeke, suffered. Uh, Devon Achan of Miami. I told you to pick him up. I, I said get him if you could. Obviously, it was a no-brainer. Everyone wanted to get him. So it wasn't that big of a doctor's call. You know, someone without seeing me could have got him. And if you got him, you probably played him. He went off 29 points, you know. And I think a lot of that is, too, that Mostert fumbles often and can be injury-prone. And here's Achan, who is... Uh, just a machine right now and scoring touchdowns and running hard and uh, playing like a true running back uh, would as whereas most are sometimes can be like a wide receiver flex running back, you know, a lot of pass options. And I mean, he had an absolute snag near the sideline, but yeah, he only got like five or six points. I told you to play most I didn't think a Chan would blow up like this, but he did. I said, go after tank Dell. He got four points. There's a lot of options on that team. You know, Nico Collins, Robert Woods, Tank Dell. I wouldn't start Tank Dell next week. I'm not saying he's going to do it uh, often, but, um, you know, just uh, keep, keep it in mind that, you know, he could go off at some point, you know, but CJ Stroud's good. Ah, bad call on my part. Gerald Everett, the tight end. Awful call. Sorry. Yeah, he had two points. I thought that with. Mike Williams going down, that whole offense would open up if teams wanted to guard Keenan Allen with more emphasis. Like I said, get Josh Palmer. He got 10 points. That's okay. If you started him, he probably did better than Debo or, you know, a couple other guys that I said to start, you know. But um, I, I had some bad calls this week. Oh, we're going to get there in a sec. But at minimal, minimal. The malpractice was minimal. 
Dalvin Cook, again, pretty non-existent in that Jets offense, and it's hard to be existent. That offense is reliant on can Zach Wilson be okay, and he was pretty okay. I mean, he had a couple really good throws and some amazing moments, and the Chiefs hilariously shit their pants on national television and got a few charitable calls because Taylor Swift was there. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, But Dalvin Cook is not part of that offense. And if you got him earlier than round seven in the draft, hoping that he would be part of Aaron Rodgers' offense, my apologies, my condolences. I still believe that Garrett Wilson is probably the only Jet you can reasonably think about playing each week. Um, within reason, but again, you have to look at who your other players are going up against because they're probably getting more favorable matchups. I don't know how this Jets team is going to see inspiration in the next couple weeks. Like, if you beat Kansas City and you're two and two, that's a very different Monday than today's Monday. Today's Monday sucks in New York because now you're one and three. You had a shot. It almost seems like the whole league is out to get you. Not just by losing Aaron Rodgers, you know, the curse of New York, but like you can't get a goddamn call when they're blatantly being held or when you're barely touching Marquez Valdez Scantling and they throw it just to keep the Chiefs drive moving. It kind of feels deflating. Well, not kind of, it is, but it may feel like the whole league wants to you, you know, physically and spiritually. So I don't know how you rally that locker room today i don't know how they found the balls to get rallied last night after the first quarter but i'm sure something is going on in there where you know speeches and little team outings are being done and it's uh we'll see but until then it's very it's going to take some convincing to uh, allow me to co-sign on you playing any jets players Bengals defense i said pick them up maybe no, I did say it. I'm saying pick them up, maybe play them against Tennessee. Ay, bad, bad call. And Matt Gay, the kicker, he had a good week against uh, the Ravens the week before, nailed like like five 50-yard kicks. Um, he, didn't, he didn't do that this time. Yeah, no, he didn't do that. Actually, he had three 50-yard kicks. It just felt like he had five. Sometimes doctors mess up the data. All right, on to what I said to do on Friday, the locks. This was, uh, we're going to see how how good my calls were. We're going to see if uh, my practice is worthy of, you know, uh, keeping the grounds, if this is truly a, a, a good doctor practice, or if there was a lot of malpractice going on, then I'm going to lose my practice. Like if the, if the authorities have to come in and rip my plaque off the wall, burn my degree, and you know, sell the place. That's one thing, but let's see. So I said in Josh Allen's situation, playing Miami, I said, start him. You know, he looked bazoic in the first game against the Jets. And he looked kind of hectic in a few other games. You're questioning his ability to play against a team like Miami. I said, start him. He torched the Dolphins, just blew that fucking team up. Absolutely amazing performance by him. And uh, I think he's back into the stride that they want to be, you know, kind of that MVP caliber type of season that we all thought he would have that he wasn't going to have until he did something like this. Yeah. He's good. I said, start him. You're good. I said, bench Joe Burrow at Tennessee. 
I didn't know that Tennessee was going to squish the life out of Cincinnati, but I knew that Joe Burrow wasn't going to be well himself yet. It's going to take some time. I say Benjamin, I didn't love the matchup for him. Maybe they went on the ground like some ugly 17 to 10 game, but I said Benjamin and that checked out. So that's good. I said, start Lamar Jackson at Cleveland and he killed it. So that's good. I also said, start Trevor Lawrence in Atlanta. Well, playing Atlanta in London. And he did good. He did good. You know, he did better than some. He did better than Jared Goff and other guys you could have started. So good. I also said bench Drake London playing in London against Jacksonville because who cares? Yeah, he had a touchdown and a couple catches. What, 13 points? There are other ways you can get 13 points. The point I want to make is bench Drake London and feel good about it. Don't start Drake London and hope that he barely gets anything because this miserable mid offense can't do anything. That's the same reason why I can't, in good conscience, allow you to start Kyle Pitts each week because the dude's so talented. He may be on another team by the midseason. I mean, GMs are trying to get him out of there because he's so good and so gifted. And then offense is just wasting talent. So I said bench him, good. I said bench Drake London, good. I said start Raheem Moser at Buffalo, bad. This may be Devon A. Chan's team now as far as the run game goes. If Moser keeps fumbling, that's bad. Um, I said start him. I thought that he would have a couple more opportunities to score like last week, you know, just near the end zone. But it looks like he he may have uh, forfeited his job to a Chan in that regard. Derrick Henry versus Cincinnati. I said start him. He did great. That's good. I said bench Jerry Judy. He didn't do much. That's good. I was also trying to spare you from having to watch that game. The game ended up being incredible, like an absolute shootout and an amazing comeback by Denver, but not incredible in terms of quality football. Pretty bad football was played. Justin Fields seems to be allergic to winning, and the guy killed it. I said bench him and DJ Moore because I didn't want you to suffer through that. DJ Moore had over 100 yards and a touchdown and a lot of catches, and Justin Fields had over 300 yards passing and a multiple touchdown game and a lot of rushing yards. They went off. The Bears, those two guys went off, but the Bears still lost. I know this is fantasy fantasy football, and we don't want to get in the habit of, you know, saying, oh, well, they lost, but who cares? The stats are what matter. But, you know, I want to feel like the logic was there. They they look great on paper, but I, I... I thought that game would be a barn burner. I really did. I didn't think Justin Fields had it in him. I mean, 200 plus yards in the first half. Good Lord. Wow. Sorry, I got that wrong, but whatever. Alvin Kamara, first game back. Start him. That's what I said. Hopefully you did. The dude had 13 catches. 13. That is amazing. Awesome. He uh, he only had like, you know, 30 or 40, maybe 50 yards rushing, but I mean, 13 catches for 30 yards, that in itself is the game. That's in PPR leagues, that's 16 points just from just catching, catching, just all these catches. Great. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I said to start him, it's his last chance. Technically, give him one more chance because 10 points. He didn't disappoint me because they were going to throw him a bomb. He actually dropped it in the end zone. Well, it was a tough play to make. It was just sort of a flea flicker. Derrick Henry back to Tannehill to a deep bomb Hopkins. He could have made a play. I mean, if he catches that ball, he has probably over 100 yards and a touchdown. And I mean, he has a great game. So 
Jodger Hopkins, give him one more chance next week, okay? And then we'll decide to not play him. Puka Nakua at Indianapolis, I said start. He did great. He had the game-winning touchdown, a lot of catches, a lot of yards. It's great. Love being right about that. George Pickens, I said to bench him at Houston, and he did nothing. Good. That offense, that team is fraudulent. Kenny Pickens, sorry, Kenny Pickett, the Pickens and Pickett deal is driving me nuts. Um, whoever they are, don't play them. They're not good. They have a great defense, primarily because they have a great player named TJ Watt. Their secondary is mid. Their offense seems to have minimal life. Their play calling is atrocious. Najee Harris is suffering. You probably draft him pretty high, like fourth round. He's worthless. I said trade him. Next thing he has a decent game um, with a package player. He might not even be able to do that anymore. Sorry. Uh, I said start Brock Purdy. Good. He's slowly becoming Brock Montana or Brock Montana. This is the game. We'll see if that will hold true against Dallas coming up. He had one incompletion. One. And this is not just him like, oh, yeah, I'm going to hand it. No, he had 21 attempts. He went 20 of 21 with multiple dots, like multiple in a bucket throw. He was great. He had a rushing touchdown too, which is always awesome. Cool. Josh Jacobs, I said to start him, he's back. He had a lot of touches. O'Connell might be the key to the Raiders because a lot of what the Raiders are about is, well, not having someone that's inept at quarterback. Carr is not inept. Carr was always capable. He just makes stupid-ass decisions. Jimmy might be a little inept. Like, his mobility is definitely limited, and he doesn't have the arm he used to have. O'Connell has got a good arm, and he's confident. So, Good on you for starting Josh Jacobs and keeping him because he did great and he will do great. Nico Collins, I said to start him against Pittsburgh. The dude went off, like well over like 150 yards, a bomb, multiple catches, touchdown. Guy was killing it. Good. I said bench Damian Pierce because I figured he was going to run into a wall in Pittsburgh. He kind of did. He had like 80 yards, a couple of catches. He got like 10 points. So like if you needed 10 points, and you started somebody else, I'm sorry, but like he didn't kill it. He did eh, so bad call-ish. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, another bad call on my part. I said, don't play him because it's going to be musical chairs for everyone on Kansas City not named Kelsey. Pacheco was like the only guy that did anything last night. In fact, Kelsey didn't even score. Kelsey was not non-existent except for a few plays here and there. Um, sorry about Pacheco. It was a bad call. And Miles Sanders... Yeah, he did it. Eh, he did okay. I said start him against Minnesota. He did okay. Eh. So I would say most of my calls were good, probably in like the 75 to 80 percentile range of good versus bad. That's pretty good. Uh, malpractice was very minimal. And that's all you can hope for on Dr. PPR that I'm doing my job and not practicing malpractice. That's all today, folks. Thank you for tuning in to Monday's recap. There's going to be more calls tomorrow. That's, of course, the who to start, who to sit. Doctor's order is my favorite day. The prescription day is always Tuesday and Fridays are always the locks of the weekend, betting and player props and whatnot. Um, so yeah, minimal malpractice today. Good day for all my patients. If you listen to me, if you didn't listen to me, I'd love to have you. We'd always take a new patients. Uh, we are not excluding any insurances and we're also not caring if you're in standard or PPR leagues. I don't care. I know my name's Dr. PPR, but if you play standard, you could still be with me. Just if you're in a 14-person standard league, just stay away from me and my family because you're a psychopath. I'm talking to my roommate especially. He's in that. 
All right, that's it. Remember, folks, eat your vegetables, get plenty of rest, and always listen to your doctor. He or she is usually right. We will see you tomorrow.